Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Backlog Treasure Hunters. I am your host, JT Manning, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Kevin Savage. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Kevin, what have you been playing? So, um, I actually uh, just started playing Zelda Wind Waker on my Wii U, and um, comparing it directly to the Twilight Princess Wii U port, the Wind Waker port is so fine-tuned and refined, and they just did such a good job. Things like, when you're on your boat, uh, like, you just use the D-pad, and, like, you hit right, and you automatically use the grappling hook. Like, you don't have to equip the grappling hook item to, like, a face button to like get a treasure chest and stuff and i don't even know why i'm so excited about it but like they just they optimized it really well and i haven't played this game in like 10 years so it's kind of nice to just like chill out with it a lot of cool quality of life improvements i would assume exactly exactly uh, i've had some weird problems with like physics issues where like um there's a bunch of kind of like jagged polygonal shapes where it's like it's a hexagon and if you don't exactly line up with one of the flat edges of it, like perfectly, Link bounces off and like goes swimming and drowns. And uh, watching Link's little anime face as he uh, as he drowns to his death is just uh, it, it's it's a little sad to to watch. <laughs> but that's like the appeal of it, really. Yeah, is is making Link drown on purpose? <laughs> yeah, he he just has a good time while drowning. absolutely how about you what have you been playing so get this one um there's a new game out called death loop and everyone and their mother in my uh game sphere has been talking about it so i was like okay i'll finally pick it up i found out that it's only for pc and ps5 and so i decided because the world is making it almost impossible for me to get a ps5 that i would do the most opposite ps5 thing on it on purpose So I went out, I bought an Xbox Series X controller to use on my PC to play Deathloop. And that's what I've been doing. Boom. Boom. Eat it. I don't even own a Series X, but I have a controller for it, and I use it on my PC. Just in case. I mean, you're probably going to upgrade to one eventually, and then you'll have two controllers. Yeah, I was thinking about that, but, like, the cool thing about everything about the Series X is it's almost all backwards compatible. Like, the controller I bought is playable on my Xbox One X and is playable on my PC. So it's like, yeah, the day that I get a Series X, I just have an extra controller. But until that, I still get to use it. More importantly, did it come with a cable to adapt it so that you can use it with an original Xbox? <laughs> no, it did not. Unfortunately, that would have been cool. Except it doesn't even come with a cable uh, by itself. It's a USB C. So I have some lying around, but that's a that was a little interesting. Imagine um, the flex it would take. Like that would just be Microsoft, just like just showing off to everybody. Just like we know you still have one. We know you love it. Yeah, and the the bigger thing too is like the rechargeable batteries that I have for my old Xbox One controllers. Fit perfectly in the new Series X controller, so I like like everything was fitted for the future, and it feels great. It's it's so nice buying a product that I don't have to feel like I buy anything extra for, and it's usable in the future. What a time to be alive! Game manufacturers actually caring about uh, the user experience. Yeah, but so other than Deathloop, um, I haven't been playing. Too much. Caitlin and I got WarioWare, the new one. 
Ooh, and... I love Wario. I love Wario as a character, and I love WarioWare as a game series. Anything with Wario so, on yeah. it, just immediate appeal. I have I have my gripes with it, but I also think it's just hilariously fun. Um, we spent probably three different nights in a row just hammering out mini games, beating the story, and just being like, "This is wild! I can't believe these are the people who also make Fire Emblem." Yeah, I I just uh, I remember when WarioWare Smooth Moves came out on the Nintendo Wii. Uh, a friend of mine from school uh, like called me on the phone and was just like, Kevin, you need to come over. And it was just like one Saturday afternoon, uh, just like crammed through it. And it's just like, what a great game. I just, I love Wario. I love everything that Wario does. Same, same, same. Um, so uh, we at Backlog Treasure Hunters like to tackle different topics relating to the backlog, the gaming experience, growing up as gamers, um, and all the latter. Retro gaming and collecting as well. And all of this kind of ties into our topic today, which is games that we like to go back to every so often. Um, because it's nice to clear things off the backlog, but it's also nice to have like a little uh, moment with some of our favorites. And we wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, what it means to go back to games that you love while you're trying to beat new games. Um, because that can be a back and forth and sometimes a little bit difficult. So, Kevin, my first question for you today is what game do you find yourself coming back to most often? So, uh, there are more than a few games that I replay periodically. Stuff like Super Mario RPG. I just, I, I'm always in the mood to play that again. But mm -hmm. uh, I play through The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time practically once a year. And it just evokes... Ooh really warm memories of all the people that I've played that game through with, like my cousins and my sisters, and just like, it just really gives me a boost anytime that uh, uh, I'm a little down and I just need something extra. Ocarina of Time's always there for me. But on a completely different angle, uh, I, I love Pokemon Trading Card Game 2, and I, I love that game because there's always new decks to experiment with. There's always new strategies to approach. Like, it's a really easy game to like start and stop. So it's like two different sides of the like, what do I go back to pool? Do I want something that I can continue to explore and there's more to do? Or do I want something that's really familiar and warm and nice and good? Yeah, I feel that. And part of our criteria for this question was that um, we ourselves wanted a game that we're not everlastingly playing. So like if I dropped Destiny 2 for a couple months, that wouldn't count because it has to kind of be something that we we pick up, play, and then set it back down for another time. Uh, for me, I would say, oh man, I wanted to say a Fire Emblem because I do play a Fire Emblem pretty much every single year. And I do play a Pokemon every single year. Uh, but one of the games, I, and this sounds crazy, that I always spend at least a week playing every single year that I come back to is either Soul Calibur 3 or Soul Calibur 4. And I or Injustice 2. Injustice 2. Yeah, so I here's a fun story. I have almost 1,500 hours in Injustice 2. Whoa. Yeah, did I bet you didn't know that one, Kev. I remember... Um... Like, there was a Christmas where every time I came over to your house, like, for, like, three weeks, all you wanted to do was Injustice 2. All that you yeah. had on the TV was Injustice 2, and it's just like, let's go do something else. Like, let's, let's like, 
walk to Jack in the Box and just like, no, man, Justice 2. Yeah, and I mean, I still, I think that game is phenomenal. The idea of Mortal Kombat nowadays, like a modern Mortal Kombat, but with the DC characters, and the story is just phenomenal. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's these fighting games, like this small group of them, that I always come back and just revitalize myself with, because there always seems to be something that I left off doing and didn't achieve, and it's just like, I pick it back up, I do it real quick. I think of another thing I want to do for like the next year or like the next play session. And uh, yeah, I just, those are kind of my almost guilty pleasure, but come back to games is the Soul Calibers and uh, Injustice 2. So uh, now that we've got that one out of the way, uh, Kevin, what game are you afraid to admit that you play every so often? Uh, I'm never good at answering these because like, I, I put them into so many different kinds of criteria. So I came up with two measures here. And one of them is time commitment, and the other is franchise embarrassment. So the first okay. one that I'm embarrassed or afraid to admit is uh, Mass Effect 2. I've played that game from start to finish six times, I counted. And that's across the Xbox 360 and the PS3, but I always have a fantastic time. So like, is it time well spent? Is it time wasted? Uh, I couldn't tell you. But the other one is uh, Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I just, I really enjoy how silly they are, but I'm deeply embarrassed by the content. And uh, like I want to replay Kingdom Hearts 2 on PS3 so that I can get the Platinum Trophy, but my entire body cringes with agony during cutscenes. Like, anytime Rosie's in the house or in the room when I'm playing those games, like, I, I, I can't even look at her. Because, like, Donald Duck is talking about friendship. <laughs> oh, man. So those those are kind of mine. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny. I mean, Kingdom Hearts is still a solid series in its own way. But yeah, I can see why you'd be afraid to admit that. Yeah, well, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're fine games. But, like, there's just something about, like, especially Kingdom Hearts 3. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't finish that it's too convoluted it's too ridiculous that's unfortunate um for me i have i have a few but i think the biggest one that i'm afraid to admit is i still to this day go back to record of agorist war Um, oh man have you not finished it no dude i'm on generation three of five (laughs) oh my god oh my god oh did did this occur to you because i am uh for the audience the other day i found out that uh there is a PS3 version of that game, Record of Agarest 4, and um, the UK got an exclusive physical print, but there's no trophy support. And the US only got a digital release, but there is trophy support. And like, I'm stuck. Do I want to pick it up in a way that I could get trophies, or do I want to pick it up so that I can have it on my shelf? But like, tell everybody when you picked up Record of Agarest 4, it's a fun story. How I picked it up? Yeah, do you remember where we were when you bought it? Yes, I do. Um, Yeah, it's a fun story. So we were on our Chicago trip, the one we reference all the time. And uh, for quickness, Kevin and I were having a rough time with each other. It was one of those uh, pivotal moments where we were just, we we had been weeks in a car, um, moving to different places, having to do stuff all the time. And over time, you just kind of like, you wear on each other. And at the, I can spoil this, at the end of the story and at the end of the day, we did 
obviously come back together and be happy and friends again. We were in Chicago and we had the day to ourselves and, uh, you know, a little bit of money in our pockets and, and nothing to do, nowhere to be. And we were at wit's end with each other and we just decided that whatever we were going to do today, we wanted to do separately, which is definitely like two 17-year-old boys mad at each other thing to do. Um, but so uh, you, I, I don't remember what your, what you did for the day. I know how it ended, but I don't remember like where you went for the majority of it. Yeah, so for me, my plan was I wanted to go visit, there's this video game museum in where we were staying. And... Uh, long story short it was really boring like it was no bigger than like a room like a like a it was like 100 feet by 100 feet super duper small like i saw everything in like five to ten minutes and i was like oh well crap i don't have anything to do for the rest of my day i don't know what to do and then i had remembered we had a conversation a couple days before while we were still on the trip that we wanted because we had the xbox 360 with us a tactical RPG on the 360. And back in like 2013, 2014, this just didn't exist. We researched for days and we could not find a tactical, like a classic tactical RPG that we could find in any magazine, in any website. It just, it didn't exist. And so I had decided because I was on foot that day that on my way home, I would like stop by the local GameStop in Chicago and I would just kind of like peruse, but knowing that there was just no way. I remember this sweet lady, I walked in and I was still, you know, pretty miffed because the day was not going my way. And she was like, how can I help you? And I was like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm just looking. And she's like, well, uh, if you need anything, just come ask. And I was like, absolutely, I will. And so I go to the 360 section, I'm looking around and I, I just, I don't find anything that's tickling my fancy. Like, I don't want to buy anything. And I'm spending a good amount of time looking. And so, me being the only one in there, even with other customers coming in and coming out, she actually came over to me and was like, is there anything specific I can help you find? And I was like, okay, I am looking for a tactical RPG on the Xbox 360. And she was like, I, that doesn't exist. Like, I, there's no way you are going to find such a thing. It's, it's not in our system. If I look up that genre, like, here's the list. And I'm like, yeah, I know I've done the same thing. And then all of a sudden she's like, good luck and turns around. And as soon as she does, I look down at record of Agorist War and I was like, what the heck is this? And I pull out, like, I pull the box up and I show this to her. And she says, that to me looks like a tactical RPG on the Xbox 360. I'm like, I'm buying this. I, we, we walked over the counter and I handed her money so fast it made her head spin. And then I walked out uh, happy as a clam. And pretty much when we came back together, I popped that thing right in the console and we played it immediately. All I remember about the gameplay experience was that suddenly you had like an eight foot tall like werewolf man bear thing that just beat the heck out of people. Yeah. Oh, the game is anime as beans. That's why I kind of like I, I shunt at the idea of it every so often is because it's like it, it's super anime. And like the things I hate about the new Fire Emblem games are the things that are emphasized the most in this game. But I find myself really wanting to finish all the generations because I just, I need to. 
one day I will finally finish that game and then play the next one. <laughs> but so uh, moving like on to yeah, I know it's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, so we're gonna go into a little bit more mechanical discussion, Kevin. The question for you is, what is it about the games that you go back to that makes it something you can come back to? The games that I like to go back to the most, uh, there's kind of two major areas of things that I like, which are like, gameplay variation, whereby in something like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, you can assemble a sweet team out of seemingly incompatible job classes. And when you know the game inside and out, you kind of know where to get certain items, know how to uh, get certain units, know how to like run through the experience. But it's just really fun to like uh, play in that sandbox, I guess. And then the other thing is the ability for self-imposed challenges. Like in the game Kirby Superstar, um, I have played through the entire game using just Kirby's like inhale attack. You can beat the entire game. There is no part of the game that... Uh, forces you to use actual Kirby powers. Everything can be completed just by like sucking something in and spitting it out. And Kirby rules. And that was uh, one of my best playthroughs of that game, I'd say. Yeah, but I just I love doing stuff like trying to beat Pikmin in as few in-game days as possible. We're trying to beat Pokemon using a uh, like a team like a gym leader does with like only Pokemon that have a shared type. And anytime the game plans in alternative play styles or lets you test your expertise or otherwise like holds a different experience beneath the surface when you catch a glimpse of those things i just immediately start planning my next playthrough in my head and just want to come back to those games with a new angle and uh that's that's the thing for me that's that's replayability is like is there is there another puzzle yet for me to solve yeah, and that's what inspires the um, the real topic at hand is the the nitty gritty of what I wanted to talk about is what is replayability. Um, I have been we're making a game for uh, my junior class, um, and one of the biggest things that my team wants to do is like focus the most on replayability. So I've been discovering a whole bunch of things that make games replayable. Uh, the reasons why things are interesting in replayable games. Because, like, yeah, you could replay narrative games like, say, Detroit um, or, like, L.A. Noir or even Deathloop. De Deathloop is really cool in the way that you can kind of play it out of order in a number of different ways and you'll get different endings. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it itself inspires the idea of playing again. Right, like Mass Effect, you can go through the entire series of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 together and feel completely accomplished in one playthrough. To me, replayability also uh, goes with the idea that there is something that you want to do in terms of replaying a game. So, Kevin, what are your thoughts on replayability? I think that you have uh, kind of unpacked something that I'd like to discuss on the uh, upcoming Jade Empire episode. But okay. um, there is something really important in story and narrative games where there's choice. Things like Detroit Become Human or Heavy Rain or Mass Effect or uh, I think one of the best examples of this, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic games, one and two both have good examples of this. But like, 
having complete control over the way that your character interacts with the world. Oh, Fallout New Vegas is another great example of this, where like you as the player can like make up your own headcanon about like who your character is, what their motivations are, and how they want to do things. And I've genuinely redone playthroughs of Fallout New Vegas where it's like this time I'm going to take the cannibal perk and eat every person that I encounter and then steal their hat. And like the game kind of allows you to role play as that kind of chaotic evil at the same time that it allows you to be like lawful good or neutral good or like the the way that they kind of approach the the role play perspective lends a lot of replayability to uh, narrative-based games. This doesn't really tie back to the question you asked. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to... Well, no, it, it definitely does, because um, it's, like, what inspires replayability and how it works, because we can go as far as, like, narrative games that say, well, there's a different story each time. There's more lore to unpack, and there's different endings. Mm. But, like, take a roguelike, for example, right? Like, the inspiration of, like, saying or playing Neon Abyss for replayability's sake is just that it's a different experience each time. It's the same, like, boss structure. It's the same rooms, effectively. But it's that you're going to get a different gun each time. You're going to get a different set of items. Um, and that's, like, the driving force of the game because it, it it's run-based. A mm. lot of games nowadays, at least in my research that I've been doing, focus the most on that. Like, they say this game is going to be replayable forcibly. Like, every single time you jump into this, you're guaranteed a different experience. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I was just thinking about games like Super Metroid and Metroid Prime, where, um, like, Metroidvania games kind of derive their replayability from mastery. And you want to go back through it because, like, can you beat the game with fewer energy tanks? Can you beat the game with fewer yeah. missiles? Can you beat the game uh, and skip upgrades? That kind of stuff. There's something I love about, like, the, the expertise question of replayability. I think that's why people like roguelikes so much, is yeah. that they demand perfection from you. Excuse me. They don't demand perfection of you they allow you to perfect on your own. Same with Dark Souls and Bloodborne. That's what I love about those games is that like when I go back and I play Bloodborne again, um, I'll just be able to beat like three or four bosses without dying because I know how to build yeah. a character. I know how to like the, the game is the same. Nothing about the game has changed. I have changed. I I leveled yeah. up. I am better now. And I, I like that. That's that's the core of replayability for a kind of gameplay-driven game. Whereas for me, uh, the core of narrative-based games is like, in what other ways can I continue to interact with the narrative? Like with Mass Effect, like what can I do to make Mass Effect 3 an even weirder experience? Would it be more fun if I let every character that I encounter die? Or would it be more fun if I save everybody that I can? And those are interesting questions. I love that narrative. I love exploring character in that way. Yeah, and that's what you were saying before of the self-driven challenge aspect of games. Like, narrative can have that self-driven challenge where it's like, well, I want to experience the story um, where I use a specific weapon because that's how the fantasy I am building is meant to be. Where, like, in reverse, uh, system-driven games, uh, they have... Like, the systems 
built in to where you want to experiment with different systems to beat the game, not necessarily to experience the narrative, but to say that I did the thing with the thing, right? Like um, when we play Castle Crashers together, like beating the game with the lollipop is hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, or like that time where I dumped all of my points into speed and you kept insisting this is a bad strategy, don't do it. And then like, how sweet was that character? Yeah, and that's, you were saying a big thing about Metroidvanias that I agree with because I just beat the Nightmare King Grimm in Hollow Knight. And when I look down at my playthrough, like I've played through Hollow Knight four different times. Um, the first time and second time were just minuscule, like just getting through the story. Um, the third time I was trying to go for 100%, but I was also trying to go for uh, like Steel Soul mode where um, you can't die. And I was just terrible at that. Like I got fairly far, but I, I couldn't do it. But then when I'm playing it on Switch, I was like, okay, I, I don't want to do Steel Soul because um, that's a challenge that doesn't appeal to me anymore. But now I want to 100%. I want to see everything in the game. So it's like a continuation of self-driven challenge that is constantly evolving. And that's kind of how I started the, the topics today of like, well, what are the challenges when you come back to games? So like for Soul Calibur, um, every time I go back to a Soul Calibur, the character creation tool, same with Injustice 2, is phenomenal. And so I always want to go back and learn a new character, but also make something wacky and out of nowhere and do like arcade and beat Night Terror with like, I don't know, Bobo 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 Bo or uh, Santa Claus or, or Jesus, like whatever thing I have made that's interesting this time. Um, so yeah, even games that are more systems driven, it's more about that challenge for me that invents replayability. But is there anything else, Kevin, that you can think of that in inspires replayability? I was just thinking of uh, two genres that we haven't really discussed much on the podcast or in this episode. Uh, puzzle games and racing games, like Tetris Attack and Need for Speed Carbon, uh, both of oh, which right. are on the okay. time lately. But um, I could play Tetris Attack with Joe Public, just like some guy off the street. Like I could tell him, like, I'll buy you a pint if you play this game with me, and he might. And he might. So, like, we could sit down. That's so funny that you say that, by the way, because I do the same thing. A anyone I know, I've always offered them, like, hey, come over. I'll buy you some beer if you play Tetris Attack with me. And then <laughs> the that's, like, the get them in the door thing. But really, we that's not what they end up caring about. They pick up Tetris Attack once. They're like, yeah, this game is phenomenal. Yeah, it's such a good game. But... Um, like Joe Public, as he's playing, is like figuring out how to like make a four in a row and like mm -hmm. understand like the basics of like functioning within the puzzle. But if I play against you, you're pretty good at Tetris Attack. You've like probably beaten the game on very hard at this point, I suspect. And a couple times, yeah. Like you, you understand like kind of deep intricacies of the game, and you and I can like reach a different level of gameplay against one another. Tetris Attack as like a competitive versus mode sort of puzzle game. There's such a rush to play against another person and to kind of push yourself and your opponent to have an exceptional level of play, like an absolute true perfect run of like who's going to break first, who's going to who's going to top the other. And I like competitive games for that, I uh, especially something like Tetris Attack or um, 
trying to think of other like uh uh kirby's avalanche i love kirby's avalanche for the same reasons of just like both a mastery of the game and a mastery of like how to cope with the pressure and the stress that your opponent's laying on you and then the other yeah. one is um need for speed carbon like doing a race that takes like two and a half minutes to finish and like coming in second place and you're not angry you're like how can i tune my car how could i do those how could i take those corners better how could i like better use my nos to recover when something goes wrong and like racing games are so good because like it, it's it's almost like a it's almost like a roguelike uh like even mario kart there's so much about like how are you going to handle this run you're going to get random items along the way and you're going to have to cope with random challenges and you're going to have to cope with like both ai and like potentially other player input all of which can completely disrupt what you 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 know the whole experience you know the tracks you know everything that's going to go on but can you improvise on the fly i love games that force you to improvise yeah competition and manipulation of variables are like the two major things that i would say inspire a lot of replayability and as you were just saying like i am incredibly good at soul caliber i will say that and i will admit that to the audience fight me i dare you because every time someone does uh say like hey yeah you, you ever played soul caliber i say yes yes i have and they're like well i want to challenge you i don't even need to be brushed up at this point like it's i get a rush from knowing that i'm good at at the thing and so when someone challenges me and i can fight them and beat them and kind of like overpower them in a way and know that like i am better uh that is something that makes me go back to these games instead of saying no i don't actually want to play like i already know like i like that challenge of, of proving to myself every single time um that my skills still exist that uh my muscle memory is still there for certain games um Tetris Attack is another one as well, where like every so often I'll just turn it back on and brush up on my skills, kind of refine them and make sure uh, my memory hasn't gone away effectively. Right. Yeah, it's uh, such a good playing game. Like you can crush like an hour of Tetris Attack and like in about 15 minutes be back to the level of play that you were the last time that you like spent six hours playing against people in a garage. You know, man, I yeah. love Tetris Attack indeed and yeah that expands to all of the other competitive games but that's like the point of competition it's that um gets you back into it need to be good and want to excel and be better than others and even yourself like seeing uh progress like knowing at one point i couldn't even beat certain characters and different games on hard and now just like like, I beat Nightmare King Grimm. I felt like I was never going to do that in Hollow Knight. And just, I put my game in while I was on the plane. And 30, 45 minutes later, I had beaten it. So it's it's that little bit of achievement, that self-driven challenge, mixed with the competition of wanting to prove that you're good, also inspires that replayability. Absolutely. Um, I think that's very succinct. Yeah. So, Kevin, uh, we are now motioning to the end of our show any final thoughts on uh replayability in games and what it means to go back to games you like and love and what would you say to maybe our audience about those concepts as final thoughts uh, i think that 
the the games that uh, I tend to return to, uh, especially stuff like Metroid Prime. I used to play that every Christmas. I don't like the Wii version at all, uh, and I miss the GameCube version, but that's neither here nor there. But stuff like that, where it's just the the thing, there's something so pensive about returning to something that you've mastered and just like looking at it through a different lens now that like i know where every heart piece is in ocarina of time i know how to get the the giants or the uh, the big Oron sword before i even enter the forest temple that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. there's something deeply satisfying about like walking into the first dungeon of the game knowing that i'm souped up and nothing can touch me and that i'm like the the, the <laughs> i'm not the hero of time i'm the god of time and yeah. i just i i like that kind of actualization and realization of like 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 you said a minute ago of just like seeing that you have reached a new height and are just kind of flexing on the game for the the for the pure pleasure of doing so yeah well hey uh that seems to be everything that i need to say on replayability and going back but i know we're going to revisit this concept sometime in the future when we've refined our uh ideas a little bit more as we grow older so for everyone listening at home we have been the backlog treasure hunters uh, i hope you enjoyed this little mini episode please rate comment and subscribe email us at backlog treasure hunters dot or at gmail i believe it's at gmail it's at um, gmail yeah and then you can find us on facebook and twitter in the same fashion so i hope you all have a good rest of your day please keep gaming thank you for listening